Welcome to PT Shop Talk, where a couple of folks talk about therapy, family, movies, music, sports, and everything in between. Remember that this podcast represents the opinions of the hosts and guests and should not be taken as medical advice. The content is for informational and entertainment purposes only. Everyone is a unique and special snowflake, so please consult your healthcare professionals for any medical questions. Views and opinions expressed in this podcast are our own and do not represent that of our places of work. We take every effort to ensure that the information presented is accurate and we welcome any comments, suggestions, and corrections of error. This podcast should not be used in any legal capacity whatsoever, including, but not limited to, establishing standard of care in a legal sense or as a basis of expert witness testimony. Now, here are your hosts. Born ready. Welcome everybody to episode 33 of PT Shop Talk. On today's episode, we review Casey's visit to the Align Conference and we finish up with our top five songs from the 2000s that have kind of soured on us over the years. With me today, as always, is Nick, It's My Life, Doling, and Jeremy Unleashed the Dragon, Van Klompenberg. (laughs) Now, the thong song is right on the edge. The album (laughs) came out at the end of 99, but the single was released in 2000. So, yeah. All right. right. Thong song counts. Yeah. Cisco, baby. I pictured you as a thong song guy, Jeremy. Uh, No, that wasn't my jam. Man. Not my jam. Sorry. And it didn't make my list. Yeah. Yeah. You would have been a high schooler just like getting your. Yeah. You yeah. didn't even smirk when that came out. Come on, I, you weren't screaming. It, it that. was more like, "Is this guy serious?" Silver hair. Oh, I don't know. Man, Drew. You never listened to Drew Hill before that? No. Hmm. No. Okay. Well, I pegged y'all. Sorry, guys. Pegged Sorry, guys. Not true R and B guy. No, guess not. <laughs> That's my bad. That's my bad. How's uh, how's the Bon Jovi hit? Mm, I was not into that one. I was. Just, Kind of feeling like they were ready to hang it up by that point. Yeah, I felt like they were bringing in the auto tune a little bit. It's my love. Yeah, he's, he was wow, trying to wow. JBJ. Wow, just, wow. just play the hits. That you get to a certain phase <laughs> as a musician, just play your hits. Hey, that song was big for him, though. I mean, it, it was huge. You're right. You're right. Must have sold a couple albums. I don't think he regrets releasing that. Yeah, no. I, what do I know? I'm a freaking idiot. But he, uh, <laughs> I mean, that was a big hit. I just didn't care for it at all. Yeah, well, I hated it, but yeah, I didn't like it, any of his work. So that's another list. <laughs> that should be another top five we'd cover is like bands that had surprising like second lives with either a hit song or album, you know? Oh yeah. That's kind of a, that would take it a just little bit die. deeper research. But yeah. yeah, it's interesting. You wonder how similar our lists would be. Because I mean that's a little more itch objective. Like, I mean, you you yeah. know they had a good second life or not, really, but what yeah, it meant to you, I guess. What's good? I can't. I can't imagine that albums. Sorry, Jeremy. That's that's speak I'm talking about earlier. Yeah, uh, you have hits. You sell albums. Um, yeah, well, concerts. Yeah. The kids like you again. Yeah, and it doesn't doesn't seem like there'd be a huge number, right? It's like in any genre. Once you kind of phase out into that next stage where you're like a classic rock or you're a classic artist, you're playing you casinos. Seem <laughs> you're yeah you're on the casino then, track yeah yeah or, or you or you 
you know, kind of fuse your powers together with a few other super groups and, and you do a stadium tour and make your money, you know. Um, yeah, I think the big one for me just off the cuff is Aerosmith. I mean, that. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Big in the late seventies that turned into absolute garbage. And then that resurgence in the late eighties, early nineties, where mm-hmm. they're probably even you know more popular, <laughs> you know, hundred percent. I was probably, qu- yeah, but I was probably quick to argue. They, they were a little bit more of a steady band though. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> ste- like in terms of like releasing, Oh yeah. You look back. The only thing you can really oh. look at is like super early eighties. Um, but by 85, I think, is that permanent vacation or 87? I would guess later, but I'm not hundred percent sure offhand. I had but the then, cassette. Then, man, pump was sweet. Pump was like good stuff. Yeah. Well, that's why I mean, I'm not saying they like stopped, but mm-hmm. I would say their popularity peaked like very early on for a second. It would album. be like, so what I would use it is it would be like Whip Biscuit making a big banger right now. <laughs> okay. Dad vibes, man. They're back. It's got, a full, it's got a sweet little lick to it, but you know, it's a terrible it's just, song. But that's not a hit. You know? No, it's not. It shouldn't be as popular as it is. If I'm going to be honest, I think it's terrible. But I'm looking through my list. Um, I haven't heard I have it. Very, I have very few artists that are yeah, still but... around, um, kind of kicking right now in my list. Yes, actually, I don't think any of them are. I would say in my <laughs> list, only one's not still kicking. Oh, I'm I'm intrigued now. Mm-hmm. Well, here we are in fall. School's starting again, huh? I, mean, I love I, the way the booty goes. Yeah, <laughs> it dumps like a truck, truck, truck. Yeah, it's uh, Jeremy. What? We just got flagged. What? We just got flagged. Movie, but yeah. Oh, there's an algorithm for that for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I can't wait till we talk about that one. <laughs> I was getting the old uh, kiddos back to school there, Nick. Always exciting. Um, no, we'll start. No, you we'll guys find don't out. start. We'll find out Tuesday. I forget Minnesota's after, huh? No, not ev- not everybody. Just different oh, really? districts. Yeah, we're actually the late ones around here. Hmm. So, we got one final little uh, family vacay out to the Black Hills, and then we're coming back Monday and kicking them out the house. Unless you Boom. get lost in Cosmos. Oh, Cosmos, yep. huh? Yep. Go yep. on. You've never been there. You got lost there. <laughs> no, it's just, have you ever? You've never been? Nope. Oh, it's just like a place with like a ton of optical illusions in the middle of the Black Hills. Mm. <laughs> Might check it out. Like you go, you know, you go into like the cabin and you get smaller as you walk to the end and. You know, you can um, have two people stand like next to each other and one Ooh. person, a smaller person looks way bigger. Just little things Did, like that. The so balls roll uphill. Copyright infringement on Willie South Walker. Dakota's biggest mystery. Yeah, Jeremy, it's it's like a Bermuda wow. Triangle. They wow. have a whole spiel about it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Dolan, I'll send this over, Dolan. You <laughs> do it. I'll look it up. You guys got to guys got to go hit that. We yeah, got a few plan- we got a few blown. things planned out. Uh Pat, when when I was in um Guatemala, the, I was in Guatemala the first time, and our guide took us to this one point on a hill called Pasio de Mysterio. And Passage it's pretty mysterious. Sweet. Yes, pretty much. And I, Ray Mysterio? I thought Ray Mysterio Jr. Um, I thought it was unique to that area, but then I looked it up when I got home and did some research that apparently there's multiple of these around the world, but because of 
it creates a topographical illusion where you're actually, they come to a stop there. They come put the vehicle in neutral, mm. like, and it appears as though you're downhill. And when they put it in neutral, it appears you roll uphill, but it's because yeah, I, of the topography around you. It gives us like weird illusion. It is freaky, but really cool. Yeah, I've seen videos of those. I didn't realize there was a bunch of those either. Yep. Yep. Multiple. So there's one in the black Hills. Is that, Sounds like it if they're ro- if the balls are rolling up. Okay. Yeah. Referring to Cosmos. You're gonna hot air balloon? That was a big thing my wife and I tried to do once when we were I thought, in the I thought we're gonna I thought you told us weeks ago we're gonna die if we hot air balloon it. Uh well you seem like you are willing to risk your life on everything. So I always, I'm um, giving you options. I always am. Right, right. Yeah. So, uh, you can you're kind of a throw a caution in the wind. Yeah. 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 Hot air balloon yeah. right by Mount Rushmore. You can land Leave on my the life top. like pretty much live my life like Bodie from point break like every day <laughs> and you're like a you're like a johnny utah you're i hope you're coming along you know I'm like a bubble boy that old hit. are you really you're that you're that squeamish um i wouldn't say squeamish but like when skittish? it comes to yeah skittish <laughs> is a good term i'm not gonna skittish, risk my life yeah, sorry skittish. i was i was i was incorrect earlier yeah i no i, I don't want to risk my life on anything that, that, you really told a patient that, today about your zip lining fear. Oof, it's it's real. He thinks you're a freaking nut job. Ugh. Yeah, he's until, uh, 72. Yeah, wait till the eagle. What's comes he got to lose? He's, no, he thinks no, where are you at? Clumper. He thinks Casey's a nut job. He's this old dude's zip line like four times in his life. Yeah, I know, but I'm just saying that he doesn't have anything to lose. Yeah, he's, of course he's not afraid to zip line. He's, he he he's, could lose all his fingers for all he cares. <sighs> The way he told our him about life the finger ex- lost, and he just oh. like started laughing. He would have laughed you out of the room, Sally boy. Mm-mm-mm. The way our life expectancy is going, like he's there. Four years. Four, you guys hear about that? He's there. Four <laughs> years. We're just dropping like flies. Again. This just US come murder. out recently. This is a thing. Yeah. 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 Like yesterday. Yeah. U.S. Cool. life ex- expectancy is back to where it was in 1996. So what is it? Seventy four then. What, what 74, 74 or 76. Is that for a, for a male? For a male? I think so. Because there's always like a two-year difference usually between um, men and women. Women outlive us, fellas. Sorry to break it to you. Yeah. Lowest level. You got to live with them. That's why. Sorry. The worst two-year decline in a century. Hmm. Wow. Good for us. Yeah, we're go. doing it, everybody. <laughs> How, you yeah. know, how many of those Nine. are zip lining deaths, though? I mean, that's a huge statistic. You know, there what? is a, I bet a correlation <laughs> <I> between <laughs> zip lining. Did they do it? Did use? They... <laughs> you guys got to look it up. I'm just saying. Did it's they, did never they been die more popular. On zip lining or did they die with zip lining? Oh, <laughs> good question. Death with zip lining. Not by with. Yeah. <laughs> Casey had a heart attack while he was going down. <laughs> You didn't so die it's a from zip the zipline. <laughs> oh no, not uh, my friend, not my friend Casey. Too soon. You know it was and then happen. I you and then right as you're laying there, I'm like, you're, dude, you're gonna... you got all your fingers, bro. Because <laughs> then, like an eagle comes down and picks my eyeballs out. Like, That's not the it. same. You can't blame us. It. <laughs> <laughs> That's it's a factor. It's a factor. Is it, is it, is it, is it, is it zip line? Yeah, you know, fire with. Going back to night, <laughs> death with zip lighting. <laughs> you know, 
I, I do think if you go back, 96 was a cool year, though. I mean, there's yeah. some cool stuff going on. So, I mean, they all bad. You think that's why life expectancy was low then? It was just badass time. And it's, now it's a badass time? Hmm, maybe. Maybe. You know, the NWO just formed. Remember that, Casey? <laughs> yeah. How could I? I mean, there's good stuff going on. Life seemed exciting <laughs> in 96. <laughs> Yeah, it's politics uh, were crazy. Like Bill Clinton's running as Bob Dole, and you're like, wow, this is like the most boring, boring <laughs> presidential election ever. And and now it's just a freaking reality show nonstop. Yeah, it's a powder keg for sure. Wind to blow. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Hey, you never know what's gonna happen around the old bend right now, which is that's all right. I mean, it's I'm learning to live, I'm learning to adjust. Do you think um do you think our world right now is just a simulation to entertain aliens? Oh, so you think aliens are like just messing with us now to see? It's like when I played like SimCity and I just mess with people. Yeah, yeah. like they're like they're like there's an evil producer alien that's just like, oh, let's uh, this isn't exciting enough. Let's let's throw a disease at them. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that'll be exciting. You know, that'll get eyeballs on the screen. It's you know? the Truman Show for aliens. Yeah. yeah like, oh, we'll get this Donald Trump guy elected. <laughs> <laughs> See what yeah. happens. They're just yeah. messing just with those votes behind oh, the scenes. Oh, 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 did you see that? <laughs> now we're going to raid his place tomorrow. That's, that's good shit. <laughs> if we um, are, for the aliens that watch me in my free time, I'm sorry. You should have. I hope. It's not I hope they gave like, you an MC seventeen. No, and who would who would choose for us to do a podcast? Mm, no, it's not like that, dude. Like we still get enough free will. It's like we're in the Matrix. They're giving us just enough belief. They can only will. they can only alter certain characteristics. Yeah, yeah. They're throwing. They're like influencing it from afar in some ways. Okay. You know, but okay. but the main sh- the main show is like the news, right? Like the stuff we're in, we're consuming as well. Okay. All right. Yeah. Yeah. That's. that's I can really dig that. Yeah, I'm not. Not against it, I guess. Um, I've heard crazier things. Uh, our <laughs> colleague Tom told me Tuesday night. You all know. Shout out to Tom Sullivan and Albert Lee. I think he's listening. He's to um, he's a flat earther, isn't he? He well, he's a he's a believer in Atlantis. So <laughs> shout out to Tommy. Oh, okay. Oh, right. well, that's exciting. I, I like talking with him. He's giggling and laughing about thing. it. But yeah, yeah. yeah, I believe in Sasquatch to a point. Mm. Oh yeah, that's like my that's my weirdest thing you know as far is as that like, are you paid by either. big stone to say that line that- no oh, no big big it was driven it was driven from the <laughs> mess with sasquatch angle this year but um I, no i do case what do you put you you got a little yeah, i'm just footings? trying to think uh i think my boy the most ridiculous thing i believe in um <laughs> i'm not i'm not like totally against like potentially being ghosts i guess I, mm. some sort of spirit energy i mean i'm not definitely not sold on it either i'm not like oh yeah those ghosts but uh, wait way to leave yourself an hour. so <clears throat> where, what kind of ghosts do we got i mean what are they how are they existing like in what plane are they like in another ethereal plane that like we don't really we can't see all the time there's so between dimensions yeah like they must be they must be trapped between uh here and wherever you go next depending on what you believe <laughs> Yeah. Uh, so they're yeah. like in a like stuck like a in a little in betweener land, I suppose. Kind of, kind of, kind of, kind of like a purgatory. I don't know if I'd say a purgatory. 
Because like that, I feel Ooh. like purgatory is like a complete different thing. Like, yeah. go off into your isolation. Well, I feel like they're just like they got lost along the way. They can see a little bit of this plane. They can try to have a feeling like they need to go somewhere else, but they can't get there. Lost, mm. lost, mm. lost in the I background. Get, I'm, static. I'm consider, let me consider this, Jer- Jeremy. Uh, you, your your weirdest little like uh, thing you believe in, supernatural or otherwise. I mean, what, okay. It's not weird. I mean, I would I would say like <laughs> like I, I like I dig. Oh, you're like wow. He's like this is real. weird. Is <laughs> it weird? It's yeah, just guys, real. Not re- weird when it's real Sam, things you believe. Damn, Sam. Guys, <laughs> nah, it would it would definitely. I I think there's got to be aliens out there, right? Like you ever watch a- Ancient Aliens? If you get bored sometimes, throw that on. I like when you see like uh, like uh, people that have never had connection with the outside world and they see this like carved bird that they're like this is the scale it would fly you know you're like how right like it's just like perfectly smooth or some of the architecture where it's just like looks like it was laser cut you know two thousand years ago yeah just like really intricate you just don't think you just don't think the people around had the finesse to do it back then that well yeah no no i don't Hmm. Hmm. So hater, hater in the yeah. house. See, I believe people just had uh why why can't you just amazing amount of time on their hands? Did you like, you didn't answer my question about Sasquatch? I be- oh I believe. Okay. He's up in the UP. Oh you guys. Ah, he's not in the UP. You guys just you just saw a bunch of merch with him on there. Yeah. He's like I think he's in like northern Montana. I think he's like around Glacier Park and like Cam. I think there's multiple. Couldn't it be to say you think it's one dude? No, yeah. no, it's not a dude, Casey. It's another. It's another being. <laughs> you don't think he can be a dude? Them oh, they might have. A, a, might have. A, is it a them? Yeah, I don't want. I don't want to assume his pronouns. Come on, Casey. Well, dude, dude can be a pronoun. You can be a female dude, male you, dude. I'm just saying. You think he's just like? Have cool? you bet on that is, lately? I mean, what's that's your presumptive? <laughs> he him is that correct? Is that how I'm supposed to say? <laughs> I think you're right. If that's if that's what you believe. In. I did yeah. see a video uh, posted the other day of a gal who wants to be the they or clown slash clown self because she identifies as a clown, which oh. I have to believe her. I mean, that's not even just that's like a built-in punchline. Yeah, <laughs> but it's real. It's like the furries, like the, the, the people who identify as cats and dogs. Yeah, I mean, I, so I guess that makes you happy. I'm what? That's what a clown question, bro. <laughs> As a clown, you are a clown. <laughs> I didn't say it was a clown statement. He, you're. <laughs> yeah, that's hurtful. Oh my goodness! What's we're happening? Like, we're kind of like got this pissy vibe today. Yeah, we took a week what? off, and you guys are so mean now. I was so excited to see. I was mean? really excited to see you guys. Or was, was I just too? hanging around with like real nice people, and I realized? No, I was just like, saying I I wasn't what? calling you a clown. I wasn't calling you a clown, Jeremy. It hurt. It hurt. I w- that <laughs> it was it was misconstrued. Ah, uh, see the aliens. Was, the aliens are enjoying this now. That was not my intent. <laughs> Can we come to the pool of shared meaning? <laughs> no. Okay. Okay. Stay, stay here. All right. Fine. Yeah. Right, state, well, your, state, state your truth, Jeremy. I. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I was not trying to hurt your feelings, Casey. I apologize. Apology. Can we? Can we please move forward? We sure can. Well, let's move uh, forward. Uh, hello. We just, topic. You know what? Now that our vision is aligned, 
Score one for oh, friendship. But like the, the aliens conference? are so bored right now. Yeah, we gotta move on. <laughs> move on. Uh, yeah, as I uh, did not put on Facebook because I'm bad with social media sometimes. We were gone last week. I participated in the Align Conference 2020 down in Dallas, Texas. Uh, what is it? Uh, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. 20, 2020. 2022. Um, if that's gotcha. correct here. I was, yeah, sorry. Wasn't sure. Your makeup yeah, date. So many twos. So many twos. Uh, this was my fourth or fifth time. I can't remember. They, they blend a little bit. Our last two were virtual. So this is the first one back in action in person. So that was kind of fun. Um, you know, the old flying things always grand. I, uh, told, I think I mentioned this on the show. I had to take a different later flight. Uh, kids started, my son started kindergarten. So instead of flying out at six in the morning, I had to move her to the afternoon um which that's always great when you change your tickets because the they really bend over backwards for you when you do that uh so i went from like having a very nice seat to a classic back of the plane situation like the last person to get on and boy i walked all the way back and i saw my nice window seat there was a gentleman sitting there and i was like well that's my seat sir and he's like oh would you switch with my wife and okay whatever switch with your wife yeah i don't really care the guy next to his wife twice my size i'm like oh and he had the window seat so i had to lay in the aisle for about three hours so that was a joy but i will say fargo airport no longer makes you take all your crap out of your bag i always just fly with a backpack Um, so you don't have to take your laptop out or anything anymore that's nice wow much faster just Kicked my sandals off and threw my bag on there, and I was away, away. I went. Do you guys? You went. Yeah, you guys sandal sandal it up on an airplane, or do you feel weird like being no. barefoot no. on an airplane? Boat shoe. I'm That's a boat weird. shoe slip on shoe guy. Mm. Okay. Uh, I wear whatever my attire requires. Uh, I'm not. I I'm usually tennis shoes to do on an airplane. That's gonna change your attire. Do you lace anything up though? Isn't that a uh, castle I, when you go through security? I usually have fairly yeah. slip, slippy shoes, so yeah, yeah. I go shorts and three quarter, obviously, and sandals <laughs> every time. Without saying, because mm-hmm. they don't make you take the three quarter off. They don't consider that a jacket. Uh, shorts, just uh, comfy, cozy. Uh, I guess if it's winter, I go sweats, sweaty sweats. Only time mm-hmm. I don't do that is if like I'm flying into something I have to present at and I have to present that day. I do wear like my suit then just in case my crap gets lost, but that's the only time. Otherwise I completely go as like comfy as I possibly can. Cause I did have that happen once where I like flew in sweats and they lost my luggage and I had to like (laughs) present at a um, group gathering for when, back when I consulted and I was like, this is going to suck. Luckily I landed enough time to the airport to like go to, uh, Brooks Brothers or whatever, yeah, Albertsons, <laughs> the nationwide, uh, whatever the uh, the suit place was in the, the airport, and like buying some dress clothes for. They do way generally have money. at least one place if you go to a bigger airport. They'll have yep. one like, yep, yeah, Brooks Brothers place. is usually a pretty popular one. So yeah. had to do that once. Not going to do that again. But uh, no, Dallas was nice. I arrived at oof, like five six o'clock, um, 
And when I fly, I'm like, I'm, I got zero desire to do anything when I land. So I get to my room and I'm like, I'm going to order a pizza. Yeah, that's right. You order pizza. Because, right? and I don't want to order anything that's not like local. So like I get on the old internet and I find something local and I hate calling to order. So I was like, I'm going to order online, ordered online. And I don't, I'm probably real bad at looking at like cost of things. So I order it and then I'm like kind of looking $80 at my pizza. Bill. Well, I looked at my bill afterwards <laughs> and it was like 50 bucks. I was like, oh, that's kind of spent uh, for like uh pizza and a soda and like some breadsticks. Well, yeah. it turned out I accidentally ordered two larges. So I called the place and I'm like, hey, I accidentally ordered two larges online. You know, can you just knock one off? And they're like, oh, we use a third party like on our website. So there's nothing we can do. Uh, like we can send you one pizza if you'd like, mm-hmm. but you're still gonna get charged for two. You can dispute that with your credit card. I'm like, ooh, that seems like a lot of work. That's how they get you. Yeah, yep. that's it. And then you don't said, even get the pizza. Said send them both. Send them both. I don't want you to spit on my food. Uh, and, and the hotel's the kind of hotel where you have to like key card into the elevator to get to your room. So obviously the pizza guy oh. gets there and they call me. You know, hey, your pizza's down here, sir. I hope you and your family are real hungry. Looks good. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I, I go down and the Align Conference is a small conference and you kind of know everybody. So I'm like, I hope nobody sees me grab two large oh, pizzas. Don't be so sensitive and insecure. Come on. I am. So I, I get tough this. Boy. Come on. Well, I care what people think about me. Um, oh, that's a big that. weakness. Come on. We know that. Yeah. You're not a weak. You know, you're a big, strong boy. Okay, okay to like have a normal persona. Yeah, come on. You're a big strong boy. You're, I feel bad now. So I get you eat there. you eat those pizzas, Casey. I would have I would have thought the same thing, Casey. Yeah, I so would've. I get down there. This guy gives what? me my pizzas. My they would have been like, look at this horse. Yeah, Two right? pizzas. Well, yeah, I'm not a small man anyway. So people are yeah, like, me, me either. Bulk season, bitch. <laughs> yeah yeah right so i get in the elevator and there's a, a nice couple in there and they're like oh that's a lot of pizza i hope it's not just you and i laugh and i go it is <laughs> and uh, you know so i proceeded to eat this pizza over the course of the bastard. yeah right i'm like this is my nightmare this is my hell come true get back to my what's room it to, what's it to you if i eat two pizzas True. Like we're just worried about your health, sir. I don't think that's good for your heart. Um, so yeah, I, I eat like ten slices of pizza over the course of like four hours because we have a mini fridge in our room, but not like a normal yeah. fridge. So if you yeah. and they have like like tape on the fridge, so if you open it, like even if you don't use anything in there, they charge you a seven dollar restocking fee. Then mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm already like twenty extra bucks into this pizza situation, so I'm just. I'm not going to spend another seven bucks to save this pizza. Right. Um, it's weird. Sounds like you really got shafted down there. Yeah. No, it, it goes uphill <laughs> from there. Um, so the next oh, morning, good. next morning, get up, um, very full, very sick from all that pizza. Um, head down. Uh, the Align Conference is always kind of a cool conference. Like I said, small, I would guess under 200 people total um, with everything. Uh, there's an online component too. So I don't know exactly how many people there are. You can look on the apps as a hundred, 120, um, in the main room, but I don't know how accurate that is. 
but I would think based on what I saw there, that's pretty accurate. But they do break down into the first day's lab. So you do a four-hour lab in the morning, four-hour lab in the afternoon. The next okay. day is just eight hours of like uh, keynotes, talks. This year they did a lot of panels. It was all everybody yeah. did a pan or a lecture, and then they got back together, did a panel. They did that every two hours. Um, and then Sunday you do another lab, so you get three labs in. So the first lab I went to was like neurodynamics and sensory integration. So things like uh, laterality, two-point discrimination, localization. Those Any kind of new things. stuff there? Yeah, so yeah. Um, some interesting stuff. We, we briefly talked on neurodynamics a while ago, Jeremy, when I remember when you yeah. said, you know, there's just not, doesn't seem like there's that much research that's changed from since 1980, you know, whenever Butler was doing that stuff. Yeah. Um, and I can't say there was anything like mind blowing. Yeah. And he's still rocking out lots of it. Shacklock and Coppeteers are kind of the two big guys now. Um, so, but the research is still pretty small on the things they do, but they did say, you know, it's grown a lot. If you look like this year or last year, I suppose 21, there was 225 articles published on neurodynamics. So the research is improving, (laughs) you know, from five to 10 a year to well into the two hundreds. Um, some cool stuff I saw that they had up there. They they talked about uh, foraminal opening technique, right? Nerves need movement, uh, space, blood flow. So that foraminal opening technique is where you pretty much lay in side lying, affected side up, and then you let your legs hang over the edge of the table so it induces side bending. Yeah, and you can, do a little, you can do a little rotation too. It's a like technique a QL I will. Re- QL release? I suppose maybe it's similar to that. I'm not similar familiar with that i suppose you'd have to believe in sounds myofascial very, sounds very Re- releasing things this whole <laughs> yeah. thing sounds very biomechanical casey oh it's <laughs> uh, i mean there's uh, biomechanics to it right I, nerves leave your foramen uh so yeah that's the thought yes, there, you... there are facts of anatomy too if you believe yeah. it, hey if you believe in ghosts why don't you believe in mfr no shit um, I don't know. I feel like ghosts are easier to believe in. <laughs> what, what if trigger points are the ghosts of I've... past injuries? Okay, okay. Uh, now we're talking. Oh, now, uh, we're going, now we're getting baby. the nitty gritty. Yes, let's go. Do we need to have another talk on that? Maybe you can convince Maybe. me. Oh, this is a technique you didn't use last time. This is a different angle. Um, but anyways they talked about a study where they had normal therapy and then they had normal therapy with this foraminal opening technique for people that were admitted for severe leg pain with back pain Um, and it was a very small study 20 participants so 10 and 10 but um, the foraminal opening technique group uh, used like almost no pain medicine in the hospital um, less than half of what the normal therapy group used so Pretty cool. Way less pain. Um, way higher function cool. on discharge plus no adverse effects. Um, I like that. That sounds good. Know. I'm going to make a mental note of that. Yeah. So, and it's an easy technique. You know, if you have somebody, you can show it to them. They can do it at home pretty yeah. pretty easily. Right. I've, and I've used that technique before, but not very consistently. So it might be something I want to bring back into the fold just for an easy HEP thing. You know, can for you cite your with... sources right now? Can you do that? Um, yeah. No, I'm kidding. I don't really know. That's a it's a Shacklock study. I know that. Uh, Shacklock from 2022. Um, so within the last eight months, you can find it. Um, what they, journal? Oh, I don't know. Journal of Mind Your Own Business, Nick. Um, Whoa! Listen, <laughs> you are such an insecure dude right now. Come on, tough it up. Where am I going to find this? This this is live. 
slash. I thought you were taking notes. I thought you were prepared. How many notes you want me to take? I will gladly. I'll post it. You want me? You're obviously blabbering on about this foraminal opening technique. I figured you had some resources. I have 75 other things to tell you today. I have to be selective. I apologize to our listeners. But we will keep it. We will keep it interesting. Well, that's uh, other interesting facts. Yeah, because they love sources, Nick. That's very interesting. They do. They do. Don't Otherwise, they you could just don't. be, you're just making it up. I We did our trigger point thing, and I promised people to give resources. I, I did it. No one said anything. There's a <laughs> study by uh, Shamamagan. Shamamagan. Yeah. Shacklock's a very real person. <clears throat> if you and Jeremy want to spend two minutes talking to each other Matt about Lock. something, I'll find I'm it looking, for you. I'm looking, Matt I'm looking it up. That was a good show. Do I have to do this for like every single thing I say? No. Okay. Hey, hey, Casey, I'm not even being serious. I'm messing around. I'm a man who's eaten almost two pizzas in one sitting. (laughs) Get over it, bro. I would love to be in that position. (laughs) (laughs) No, you wouldn't. Trust me. That's the life I live. I've done done food quantity challenges before. I understand the pain and discomfort. Yeah, but this wasn't even like pain. This was just internal shame. That was <sighs> See, you're just dwelling now. What would you tell your patients? Well, you shouldn't have ate two pizzas. That's not healthy for you. <laughs> yeah. But would you tell them, like, let that defeat you? Let it carry on a week I later? said, let that shame enter your mind every time you think about ordering pizza again and never <sighs> order two pizzas again. Oh, sure seems like it's like the weighted blanket for your emotions right now. It's like, just that's like real. Pain, you know? You feel like that the shame is comforting to me? No, I think it's weighing you down. Oh. I think it's smothering you. <laughs> but I thought weighted blankets were a positive. <laughs> Isn't that like a... Depends on how you look at it. You ever okay. slept in one? They're not oh. all that comfortable. Oh, yeah. I just got one for my wife, and I have a 20-pounder. You have a 20-pounder? 20 20 oh, big man. See, it's, it's not supposed to be like it's not 10% of your body weight. All right. <clears throat> Go on. I think... <laughs> I'm sorry. Go on. Are you sure? No. You ready? You ready? <laughs> All right. Let's I'll go to our to top five. I'll try to fly <laughs> through this. Ah, I'm trying to bring research and evidence to the audience and talk about new stuff. You're getting bogged down. You're getting mired down. All right. They had a cool study on uh, neurodynamics and multiple sclerosis uh, as far as oh. improving sensation, decreasing pain, uh, upper extremity. They did actually five minutes of sliders for median, radial, and ulnar. Uh, was the yeah. study five minutes each? Um, oh, so pretty like pretty nonstop. High. Yep, Just nonstop. nonstop. Five minutes of it. Five minutes of it. Wow. Um, but again, pretty pretty good results on something that typically you don't see. Um, uh, they did say that using an ankle bias on a straight leg raise is uh, reliable. Uh, you oh. can use ankle dorsiflexion as a differentiator. Um, mm. You know yeah. the looking at nerve length and things it does affect it uh same with head movement with upper limb tension tests for folks but also if you don't use dorsiflexion straight leg raise is not a reliable test at all for nerve stuff so if you're not adding dorsiflexion uh get the f out as they say you're not doing anything um range of motion is not reliable uh side to side even cross leg raise is also not a reliable measure of anything um and and if so you're a straight, diabetic, but a straight leg, you're talking about neurodynamics, though, right? You're saying 
is not useful for an assessment of neurodynamics. Correct. Yep. You can't say yeah. I did a straight leg raise without dorsiflexion. They had 50 yeah. degrees on the left, 70 on the right. It must be a nerve issue. Right. You can't unless you unless you bias into dorsiflexion. Unless you bias into dorsiflexion and see a difference. Yeah. Okay. I can go with that. I'm fine with that. Yeah. So um stuff we know, but just a good reminder that you really mm-hmm. do need to do that stuff. You can't get sloppy yeah. with them. And when we broke out into lab, that was interesting too, because they talked about, you know, you can't use the neck for a straight leg raise. You know, that doesn't work because the spine's in neutral, so the spinal cord isn't wound up. Um, But the other leg is viable, so they say, you know, really make sure when you're doing a straight leg raise that, you know, the other leg is in neutral, well aligned. And they went as far as to say they, the guy teaching it uh, said he often even brings his leg up puts it on the thigh of the other leg. Um, and we did that. And it is surprising the different amount of tension <laughs> when you have your leg on top of that contralateral leg, holding it there in place. Um, and then yeah. you can lift your leg up and feel the difference in pressure. So that's kind of interesting. You know, I can't say it's something I've ever done before. So let's oh. do. Oh, so just good word of advice and same with those patients that, you know, you can't lay them flat. They have to kind of be in a hook lying position. And, you know, it's probably wise then when you get them into that tension place to see what happens if they try to do like a heel slide with that other side, yeah. see, you know, cause that can be a differentiator, but there's not the same kind of research on that as there's a dorsiflexion, but interesting techniques you can do with your friends just to see how it feels too. Um, Otherwise, like the laterality, two-point discrimination, localization. Can't say there was much new in that. Um, uh, total refresher. Uh, next one I went to was shoulder exam by Rob Mansky. Um, that he, He's a George Davies disciple, so can't say there was much new there. You know, he did three special tests for, like, everything in the shoulder. So um, good content, good review. Uh, I'm, I'm probably biased towards not doing that many provocative tests on somebody. But, you know, plus it's a lot of time. Um, and I think you get a lot of false pauses when you do 25 shoulder tests, but he had a nice, re- yeah, he had a nice, re- <laughs> he had a nice little talk on return to sport though, after um, he did specifically shoulder injury, but really any injury, just kind of giving that algorithm of when you decide when it's time to test, whether it's protocol or cleared by surgeon, you know, Range of motion, 25% uh, isokinetic strength, 15% isokinetic strength. Closed chain with the shoulder, he talked about hand tapping, right? Um, 21 hand taps for females, 23 for males. You know, as you, I like that. You know, as you pass each level, then you get to test the next level. So after that, it's that uh, one-arm seated shot put, followed by the functional throwing performance index, followed by under Kefler overhead softball throw, then sports specific testing. So it's just that algorithm. Each level, you have a set mark you have to hit. If you don't hit it, you go back in and you work on your next couple therapy sessions based on reaching that. And really, unless you have a nice set like that, you really shouldn't be overtly, you know, you should be cautious and have a nice algorithm if you're going to return people to sport. Who was that? Rob Mansky. Okay. The shocker. Wichita State. Oh. Yep. So I was just curious. You said he's a Davies disciple. Yep. Yep. And he's, he's Will, published some good research too on it. So Will had one. I'm I don't think he was on that article, but like in a couple years back. And I think that's where they talked where they first started to talk about that. 
shot put throw, wasn't it? Yeah, and the shot put throws shot put throws kind of cool because it doesn't matter which arm's injured. You know, whereas some of those tests, if you look at a true just throwing test, you can't yeah. really compare your involved to your uninvolved, right? Because hmm. if you get something like a softball throw, my involved is probably way better than my uninvolved at it. Hmm. But with the seated shot put, it's such an awkward movement that your arms are probably pretty equal. Yeah. Most people don't practice a shot put. So it's a nope. very good um, comparison left to right. So kind of a cool, cool little test too. So that was his spiel. Uh, then we went into the normal talks. I thought there was a cool talk when we got into the panel stuff about spirituality and therapy. Uh, that was pretty cool. Oh. Um, you know, they, they talked about how powerful it is, you know, um, still doesn't believe in MFR. Mm-mm. Yeah, I'm spiritual. Um, yeah. But, you know, they did a did a study where they had like um, uh, Catholics looking at like a picture of the Virgin Mary versus a picture of the Mona Lisa doing like a pain tolerance test and how typically they can do like twice as much. Um, whereas he, he took an atheist with those two pictures, zero difference between the two. Um, so that's just kind of cool little stuff like that. Uh, I think it's kind of a cool message too about, you know, the classic, we don't talk about uh, religion and politics and therapy, but you know, maybe it's okay. And maybe we should, you know, lean on that spirituality a little bit. Yeah. Um, you know, cool stuff. Like, you know, if you're comfortable with it and the patient's comfortable with it, they're having a bad day. Like it's probably not the end of the world to pray with your patient. You know, you mind if we pray on this, I know you're having a hard time. Like it shouldn't be that like taboo, you know? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. That was, that was pretty cool. And I like the, the question they said they like to ask, you know, like, where do you draw your strength from? Uh, that was kind of a cool little question. You know, when times are tough, where do you draw your strength? Mm-hmm. Instead of just flat out having the religious conversation, sometimes that's a good window for people, you know? Maybe it is prayer, maybe it's the family, maybe it's, you know, whatever, but it gives you that tool too. Yeah, you know, like, opening. right? It's always been identified as a domain of wellness, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so like you said, just like that fact that a lot of times it's just maybe a little bit more taboo, but um, yeah. Um, a lot of good underlying stuff on like how, you know, how people deal with pain, how people deal with terminal illness, things like that, where, um, you're right completely. Oh. Yeah. They did a cool study on like brain chemistry and brain processing and painful experiences and spiritual people process pain differently, yeah. on different centers of the brain. So that's kind of cool too. You know, if you, boy, if you can lean on it, it's powerful. So. Mm-hmm. so that was a cool yeah. talk um, it's really cool yeah something different um key smart did a pretty cool talk just on pain mechanisms again i don't think that'd be anything new for you guys but he's kind of the guy that came up with like nociplastic um you know neuropathic versus nociceptive pain those three different buckets and how we need to kind of find out percentages and have a good idea what's going on with your patient to drive your treatments so he just kind of reviewed that stuff uh, he did say he was, somebody was challenging him thinking they needed to add more three. wasn't enough. Huh. Um, so the fourth one they were talking about was like autonomic systemic pain. I thought that was mm-hmm. kind of interesting. Yeah, so, interesting. you know, right now that kind of gets lumped into nociplastic pain. 
but you can probably have, you know, endocrine changes and hormonal changes and immune response changes without nociplastic changes. So, yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. Yeah. Oh, people keep digging into that one. Yeah. I thought that was good. So he said he was actually meeting this guy now and they were going to kind of delve into it, look at the evidence. And so maybe that's going to change soon. Maybe the, the three buckets will become four or five. Who knows? I don't think we want to get it too complicated, I guess. You know, you don't want to end up in headache world where you have like 280 different kinds of headaches. But yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Uh, Adrian Lowe gave a nice talk on orthopedics and pain. Again, nothing major there either. Just kind of the we need to we talk about the pendulum swing. We've talked about that plenty of times. Like yeah. We need to not swing so far to pain neuroscience, like be a normal therapist that uses pain neuroscience. Don't be the guy in the room three with the incense and meditation and like, you know, like it's, it's okay. Coming from the man stuff. himself. I mean, that's yeah. good stuff. He was fired up about it. You know, he said, you get a, we got to treat people, you know, we can't just ignore all the other stuff. Yeah, like the biomechanical stuff. Like yeah, right. Yep. All that stuff. You wait, Nick Doling, there is going to be a bomb dropped in about 10 minutes here. Oh, I can't wait. <laughs> uh, yeah. Next talk was uh, Mark Jones. He, he's a pretty big researcher. He's talking about bias, bias in our evals, bias in how we treat patients. Yeah. Um, you know, obviously there's a ton of it. There's bias in everything you do, bias in every profession. But kind of talked about what they called uh, nudges and boosting ways to avoid bias or ways to recognize it. Yeah. So like he's said with nudges, right? We need to be really, really structured with how we do our exams. Like doing an exam off the cuff just leads to a ton of bias. You know, mm-hmm. uh, the new grads that follow that checklist probably have a lot less bias in their evals than, you know, seasoned clinicians do. And that's maybe not a bad thing, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. Right. Just talked about critical reasoning framework, you know, taking courses on that really adhering to practice guidelines um, because it's crazy how many therapists don't use practice guidelines, don't adhere to them, don't even know about them. It's like less than 50%, (laughs) I think, based on the research. So, um, you know, we're creating a lot of bias by not doing that. And we talked about that. I mean, the counter to that, it would be great if most of them spoke to like true recommendations or had, you know, have found like strong yeah (laughs) strong evidence to support stuff but i mean i'd really like to the last few that i've looked at it's it's very few and far between in which they're really recommending any type of intervention with strong um support literature yeah i think it's just about you at least better be doing the stuff that has that you know i mean if there's a quality stuff you should be doing it you know and you should at least try but again, to the C- use a the CPGs go down to the, the, the biggest issue I have with that is they're deconstructing it down to the singular inventions, interventions for the most part, with the one exception of where they generally blend manual therapy and therapeutic exercise together as like a, you know, beneficial outcome. But yeah, if you go through them and they're talking about like heel pain, they break that down in like orthotics, poor or outcomes right mm-hmm. or evidence to support it um same thing with like laser and your modalities and stuff like that but yeah, it's not so, only the way we deliver it though but there are some therapists that do you know i mean like oh everybody with heel pain gets laser all right like maybe yeah but to... is it the only thing they're doing 
Hard to say, but I mean, is it even worth doing? Period. I, I don't care. About I don't do laser. I'm not going to speak. I have no bias one way or another against laser. But <clears throat> I think this is like where you get into the minutia of what does it matter, right? Like how you, you're never going to eliminate people's biases, anyways. Oh, and but I think people, if you can reduce the noise, you know, a little bit, that's better than just saying, "Yeah, people have bias. Good, you know, just go do your thing." Yeah, I think you got to, you know, you got to manage it. But at the same time, I mean, some of those, some biases or experience can can support a little bit of what you do, especially if you're a good, solid practitioner with reputable outcomes that are there consistently year over year. I think there's something to be said about that. Yeah, you know. Yeah, there, there is. I, th- I, think, I mean, that's I, bullshit. I say... It's such a cop-out to just sit there and be like, <laughs> well, it, you know, it depends on if you trust photo. It depends on if you believe. Well, fuck you. Believe it. Show me what you do believe in. You know, oh. give me some, give me some, again, it goes back to this point where it's so easy to crap over so many other things, but stand on, stand on something, actually prove it. So the proof is the tough thing. I agree with that, but I would say bias is a good thing too, right? We talked about that in the residency where they're like bias positivity, bias your patients by not using the word pain, right? Like yeah, their biases is there and you're right. It's how we use it. But then I would agree with Casey to the standpoint of saying like some people can use, uh, you know, again, they, they don't recognize it as much and they like it entrenches a belief. Right. But I would, I would argue that you should have that ability again to like continually self-reflect and say, do I have repeatable outcomes or is this just what I do? Right. And I would, to your point, Nick, I I would say too many people are like, well, yeah, I'm going to use ultrasound and you know, photo doesn't matter. Right. Like, it, but it, but it, but my patients get better, right? Like Casey and I were talking about this before you hopped on. It's just like, like show me what better is. Yeah. Like, what is better? <clears throat> That's, right? I'm not standing up for that. I'm not sticking up for that. No, I know. And I just had a call. I just had a call with a leader yesterday, who's like, man, we got a. He had a disagreement with a staff member, and they're talking about how they, um, they're going to do kind of things their way. They're going to continue to deliver like they this individual want to see more functional interventions, want to see a transition into more functional approaches. And he was using some photo evidence from high level practices that were using that, like a lot of neuro, a lot of Therac, right. And he got a lot of pushback from his therapist saying, number one, I'm going to, I'm going to keep doing manual because I believe in it. And I think it's great outcomes. Number two, I could care less about photo. I don't believe in it. I think it's a bunch of shit. And it's like, Again, that's a cop out. That's it. Oh, that's where, and I agree with you. That's where you don't want to look in the mirror. Like you don't, you don't want to yeah. look in the mirror. But yeah. I'm saying, like this idea that you know, I don't know. I don't even know. I'm just grouchy tonight. I'm fired. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, and I think that you know, and that's just the the danger in that bias of like, well, I get good outcomes. It doesn't matter what anything says because I didn't know, say that. Who do you think people? I didn't say it doesn't matter what anything this says. This is recorded. So, yeah, it is. And if you go back and listen, <laughs> you're just biasing your own memories right there, bro. <laughs> remember what you want to remember. But again, it's like my issue with it is when it, I'm I'm not disagreeing with the the synergistic approach to applying multiple interventions, right? That's what I'm talking about. We don't yeah. we don't apply any of this. We shouldn't be applying any of it in a vacuum. I'm a big that was the opposite of proponent. I'm a big opponent of 
doing, you know, this case, I'm a big opponent of doing dry needling as a singular invention or intervention. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. I think by itself, it loses its, it loses its usefulness. I think but, and I think that's those practice guidelines aren't saying that you need to just do that one high level treatment either. No, they're just saying, but that, that's the how they're determining, but that's how they're determining its efficacy. Well, based on the research we have currently, that's all they can we go. We talked by, about right? this, like they're, yeah. they're applying it to the pharmacological model, trying to use control. Right. And that doesn't, that's not how we operate. But I, I still think you got to start somewhere. You know, I, I don't think it's good enough to say, well, my patients get better and I'm a skilled if clinician. You could, if you could prove it, why the hell not? Well, if, and you, then got, if you got a therapist a who's like... circular argument at this point. Fine. But if you have a, <laughs> if, is it though? I mean, I, th- I don't know if we're really agreeing here, but I think that if we're, if you have a therapist whose outcomes are consistently, let's say their orthopedic outcomes, their effectiveness scores are, are historically like, 92 to 94%. And you're talking very consistent with very little fluctuation. And, and they're willing to say, you know what, I got to, I think I have um, a certain way to approach these issues. I think I have a pragmatic approach with, with a little bit of nuance for each patient, because that's, I mean, the outcomes are one thing, but if you can apply that regardless of the diagnosis that's in front of you and you can handle that and you can treat the patient with some nuance, what's wrong with that? That's all good. I agree with that. And I, I think though, you know, like the person that you're describing, I don't think you're concerned that they're just like doing laser the whole treatment. No, right? no. <laughs> like, like, and that's not who I'm that's defending. Like, that's a high, like yeah. that, that person that you're saying, like, I would say that like, that's just a good clinician, right? The ability to blend and not that you won't say at times, right? Like, uh, like, Hey, like, um, you know, man, uh, I'm doing a little bit more manual with this patient yeah. than I usually would, or I'm doing a little bit more dry needling with this patient than I usually would. Yeah. And, and maybe you maybe have can, that nuance, you know, sorry, I'll do a quick explanation of why I'm kind of, why I'm kind of skittish on the other approach. And that's really quick. I've been doing that mentorship um, with our new therapist in one of our sites uh, the last couple of weeks. And there was an approach the other day, she'd come a long way. She's looking real good, uh, really confident, um, you know, really processing things well, but, but the other day we're doing an eval, and really was going through everything almost so didactically. Like I have to do this. I have to screen out this and I have to do that. And as the patient would give her any bit of information, it was like, she felt like she had to go and like arbitrarily screen that out and arbitrary is being the key word here. Right. And when we came out of that, I mean, the eval itself, that, that examination took like 47 minutes. Right. Mm-hmm. And that left her almost no time to do anything that you would, really that I would really qualify as skilled intervention. Right. And, and one of my takes was like, one of the things you learn, and I think Jeremy, you remember this from the residency, right? It's equally important, right. To determine what's to differentiate between what's maybe not necessarily important information within that eval. Yeah. Yep. You should, I write that you should have that funnel. And how do you find that out or how do you apply it? By having a little bit of experience in a, in a bias, right. Blended with, you would say with research. Yeah. You'd say you're looking at patient population, mechanism of injury, right? Like uh, mm-hmm. potential first, you know, if I have a, a 15-year-old kid with hip pain, I'm not concerned about OA, right? Yeah. Like, yep. you know, like that sort of thing, right? You're putting in buckets based on age, you know, potential yep. for energy or injury mechanism, all that stuff. And you know what? A, a good thing was I got caught up in this in the residency too. And I'll give uh, Jeff Donatelli a shout out. Like, 
I was like, how do you get through all this, man? Like, how do you screen out everything for regional independence? And he's like, yeah, he's like, I might not. Right. Like, he's like the, the whole thing of your eval is like, like, think of it less as a diagnosis. Think of it as a treatment hypothesis. You get to a, yeah. a point of certainty. You get a, th- you get to a threshold of treatment and then, you know, you go from there. Right. And yeah. you can screen stuff out at future sessions if you're still not getting where you're at. But yeah, you would say there is a, a, a likelihood ratio, if you would, you know, based on like, this is where I'm going. I'm, uh, yeah. I have a strong, de- strong degree of certainty. This is, you yeah. know, whatever I'm treating, I'm going there, but then not getting so caught up in that, that you can't stop and, yeah. and, and pivot, right? Oh man, I didn't screen out the back. I'm, we're getting better, but we're not all the way there. Let's go and let's look at, yeah. you know the low back, you know, yeah I, don't agree. yeah, I would agree with you. I mean, I, I don't think we're ever going to know with a hundred percent certainty, you know, yeah. what we're treating and we got it, but I still think that has to be based on something, you know, like you said, Oh, you're 15. You probably don't have hip away. Well, there's plenty of research to back that up. Right. Uh, we have prediction rules. We have all yeah, those it's... things, you know, and we use those to make our, I wouldn't say, well, I never see people your age with hip away. So it's not hip away. That's not Correct. a good enough reason. No, no, no. You're going through. Yeah. Again, I'm saying like, to me, if I, if I have a script and I'm looking at it, like some stuff, I'm like, <laughs> at least very strongly crossing off the list before I even enter the treatment room. Right. Yeah. And then you, you go there and you say, Hey, like I've got maybe a, uh, a hypothesis in mind. It it's between these handful yeah. of things. I'm going to test it out and confirm. Yeah. yeah. You know, I, I, we're probably in violent agreement here to some degree, some degree, right? Like we're yeah. saying, I just think it's how we're getting to it is a little different. And like, you but, can't, you can't be one way or the other. Like you can't, I, like I said earlier, the anecdote that really did happen yesterday, you can't be totally married to purely experience and lean on that crux crutch right you have to continually mm-hmm. challenge yourself and, and continue to learn you know along the way but yeah you, if you can blend those things i think that's the damn sweet spot yeah and they talked you know even in this mark jones talk about bias he said there's nothing wrong with intuition there's nothing wrong with leaning on being a skilled skilled clinician it's just you should do your best effort to limit your bias when you can yeah um, correct you know yeah so it was just talking about different techniques and how you can, like, uh, you know, geez, guys, that's all he was saying. Yeah. <laughs> and he talked about delaying intuition too, you know, like <laughs> I make oh, this I, thing exciting. We gotta I feel it deep down, you know, I feel deep down. It's this just, that's, that's my bias. That's my intuition. Like, all right, maybe don't necessarily go right to that on the eval, you know, absorb it. Next time the patient comes in, then it's maybe a time to like really go with your intuition. If you're still feeling that way, you're probably fine. But, you know, maybe don't just do a snap. My intuition is, you know, it's a it's a hip impingement thing, right? Like, I don't really have a whole lot of reason other than that's kind of where I'm leaning. You know, if you're biasing that way, like maybe wait a little bit and sit on it. You know, just little things like that. Recognizing bias, um, going back into spotting the error on old cases, just, just different ways to work on uh, your bias. Uh, another cool thing you talked about was intellectual humility. Also, you know it's okay to ask for help. It's okay to look into things you don't know too. I think that intellectual humility is important. So yeah, just some cool terms. Um, moving on, uh, <laughs> I'll rush through these quick pelvic floor. 
Um, I, I can't say a whole lot on that. Not my strength. Uh, she did say Kegels were garbage. If that's what you're doing for pelvic floor strength, time to move on. Uh, most Can we people check this though. I think it, I think it was a month ago. You were ready to deliver, maybe. Oh well, yeah, I, uh, not Kegling. I'd get my <laughs> fingers in. Get my fingers that's in there, Nick. That's that's the delineation. Oh. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Uh, but it did talk about how a lot of people do a Kegel wrong. They know what they are. Everybody knows what they are. But she said, really, you need to put a finger on the tailbone. Make sure when they're doing a Kegel that the tailbone's going in, not out. I'll find when a lot of people do what they think is a Kegel, they're actually pushing out, which is the opposite of what you want them to do. So that tailbone will push back into your hand when they do it. And that's really not the way they should be doing it. Are you, um, are you testing it on yourself? Uh, every night. <laughs> Still doing it well. Still doing it well. Uh, you can do that over the pants. It's not like an internal palpation of the tailbone. Just get the bottom of the sacrum. See where it goes. And and then if yeah, you do it right now, Nick, if you follow it. that, if you the tailbone with... disappear, it's a very subtle movement. I I actually can't feel it really move at all. Oh, if no. you if you needle obturator internus directly after that. They're healed. Yeah. There's a couple talks I really didn't pull much from, so I'm going to go over them. One of my favorite talks of the day was uh, Ido Zilstra. You familiar with his work? Ido. That name uh, sounds very, yep. very, very familiar. He was the guy that started Kineticore. Um, so, oh, yeah. yeah. He's from, uh, I, I swear, he, he was in our he was in Faith Forward a couple years ago. Is he really? He's he joined from, our Faith uh, Forward. Grand Rapids. Yeah. Hey, he's a great guy. Uh, I've listened to a few of his talks. I, I like his stuff. Uh, so his uh, presentation was called Functional Dry Needling, Moving Beyond Trigger Points. Uh, mm-hmm. As he said, yeah. we, we need to get away from trigger points. He's like, I don't even know if they're real, if I'm going to yeah. be honest. I was like, yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. That's all I took his, away from that. There's lots of other good, <laughs> there was a lot of other good stuff in there, but I've I had my bias had been confirmed, so I was ready to move on. So, because uh, he sold, he sold the IM. He's all good. <laughs> yeah. No, he's got his anymore. own. He's got his own uh, practice called Kinetic Care, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. He's like, yeah. he's like 40 minutes down the road from me. Ooh, competition. Sorry, he's ah. terrible. I wouldn't trust him, except for his stance. If you're out in points. Western Michigan. <laughs> yep. Edo. Cool. You know, his thing was definitely a lot of the East M with the dry needling. That seems to be their big push now. Seems to be a lot of where he's researching in. So, but, which would stand stand to agree with his, you know, moving beyond the trigger point thing. You know, if you, you believe it's not trigger points and you believe you're just making systemic changes, I guess the East M maybe helps that. I'm not into that part of the whole thing, but it's just yeah. the trigger point thing was sweet. So, and I'm not married to the trigger point thing. It's just fun banter for the show. Move beyond them, people. Move beyond them. <laughs> it's the only hate mail I ever get from this show is about people yelling at me because I don't believe in trigger points. So, really, oh, yeah, people, cool. people are like, oh, I listened to your thing on trigger points. It was garbage. I'm like, what? Okay, cool. talk about bias. <laughs> <laughs> Nick, you have overwhelmingly won that argument based on everybody <clears throat> I talked to. So, that's fun. <laughs> yeah, no, I hate it. Um, so you came back Sunday right? Yep. Yep. Came back <laughs> Sunday. Um, uh, yeah. 
Oh, that, that's the end of the story. <laughs> no, it's good. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm just... No, so, you're fine. They're fine. Well, I have. I have. How was your How was your travel back home? One quick, <laughs> one quick thing. You guys might be interested. The do dry needle. We they uh-huh. had a yeah. cervical sensory motor presentation, and I thought it was pretty cool. So she talked about how a lot of people with neck pain obviously have uh, visual cervical vestibular issues that maybe you don't even realize. They don't necessarily report the headaches and the dizziness, um, but they might yeah. develop later. Uh, one thing that was cool was she talked about the oblique capitis inferior. Uh, familiar? Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. So uh, I part of your believe- suboccipital bundle. Yeah. I believe that's uh, that's like a money place. People like to trigger point for headaches. I needled it today. Okay, so for real, here's a cool, PM. cool little bit of info from that. So, if you look at muscle spindles per gram of a muscle tissue, you like you bias biopsy that muscle. Uh-huh. See how many spindles there are in there? How many are there? Two hundred forty-two. Now, what does that mean to you? Probably not a lot. Zero. How much do you think is in this little guy here on your thumb? In your, your theater eminence? Yeah. 12. 16. Cool. So, so I mean, talk about big money. So your chances, right? your chances of a twitch much higher. It's working like all the time, right? Yeah, and you spindle. When you, yeah, just talk about nervous input. Uh, there might not be a better muscle in the body to, you know, if you think you're getting nervous because all those spindles are going to have you know, what Golgi body, you go with the you tendons, just, Carpinian, you just increased my bias into needling the suboccipital and just let everybody. Yeah. Right. right. I mean, it's just a huge, huge player though. And, you know, cervicogenic headaches, dizziness, yeah. uh, anybody that's got jaw facial stuff. I mean, it's probably somewhere we should work on, you know, Facials. however your preferred, <laughs> wait a second. Um, however you prefer to work on them. I don't recommend facials. Um, <laughs> the board rounds upon it. Recommend um, <laughs> Come on. So but it was cool just uh Outer they, Rodan and Fields guy. Oh, yeah. oh sign up for Nick for his pyramid you, scheme. Um yeah multi-level marketing. But you know simple <laughs> things as far as like friends? talking about you know I think we don't give enough respect to how you know it all plays in together in the head. Because you talked about you know moving your eyes Helping those muscles back there. They, you know, if you put your hand on those muscles, move your eyes, those muscles <laughs> contract and relax as you move your eyes. Um, same thing with, yeah, they do. You know, if you look up to the ceiling and then try to flex your head to the floor, it's very difficult. <laughs> right. Versus like looking down to the floor and then yeah. turning your head down. Um, so it's just the interesting interplay. She wow. talked a lot, a lot about treatment and all that stuff. And it's, it. it's something I do in the clinic quite a bit. So it was nice again, confirm bias. What I'm doing isn't a waste of time. So no, that's so, cool. Those were my big bangers. Uh, that's my update on the Align conference. So everybody that wanted to know what was cool. Um, so on uh, Sunday, as I'm leaving, <laughs> I get in wow. the elevator. Yes. Favorite part of the story. The same, same couple. Damn couple from Thursday. Did you like your pizza? Instantly, they're like, "Wait, you're the pizza guy, aren't you?" Yeah, it's a me, yeah. <laughs> fucking pizza guy. Like Nick said, nobody yeah, would care. Dude. You guys have been thinking about this thing for three days, even though you haven't been involved with me. I'm like, it's. I knew I forget about it. Forget. You're never gonna see him again. Forget I about saw him it. Twice in three days. Yeah, <laughs> in Dallas, in your in your hotel in Dallas. 
Oh, if I ever see these people again, that's going to be a good story. Give them what for, man. He said, how'd that pizza go? I said, it's still in my body. I'm ashamed. You hungry for a sandwich, sir? A knuckle sandwich? Oh, fight him. I like that. Kick his ass. Sea bass. Yep. Yeah. Like Roadhouse. Patrick Swayze. And did I tell you guys I saw that movie right like that the night after we did our top five about like guilty pleasure movies? Yeah. Still a guilty pleasure? Yeah, it really was. <laughs> it really uh, was. Held strong, held strong. I tell you what's Just, not a guilty pleasure. Which song? Is top five songs from the early 2000s. Woo-hoo! Who let the dogs out? Who, 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 who? Now, I will say, I don't think I said this at the intro, but we're talking early 2000s. Yes. So, yes. I, I think 2000 I to 2004. That's what okay. the five-year period is. Yeah, I think I put that on there. Right? Yeah, I think you did too, and I forgot about that, but I think I'm still good based okay. on the numbers. Yeah, because <laughs> maybe, maybe sometime we want to we want to address 2005, 2009. You know? We got a lot of episodes to hit. We, we got to make these top fives very specific going forward. So, Yeah, I think that's a fun one. I don't know. Yeah. It came out of our... What we kind of did the inverse, you know, mm-hmm. a few weeks back, where songs that grew on us that we initially didn't like, and I think um, it's like, hey, you know, but we just do the opposite and think back to some songs that we really kind of dug at some level. Honestly, you had to have kind of liked it, and then you go back now and you're like, uh, this song is kind of trash. Like, what did I even like about it? You know, so. That's a little bit of the background. Um, questions, comments, hateful concerns before we get in? No, I will say, as uh, doing my research on this, part of my, it was interesting as I had the songs in my mind and I went to listen to them. I could only listen to one of these five songs in its entirety because I hate yeah. them so much on release. You probably, really? you, had the bi- you had the bias so that they were going to be annoying. Yeah, because they're terrible. They're horrible. Um yeah, the only song that I listened through the whole way was my number five, so I feel like oh. that's appropriate. So that makes sense. That mm-hmm. would hold true. Jeremy, any uh, comments, concerns? No, they were, uh, you know, it's just the aging process. I think uh, a lot of songs that you hear when you're younger, they're like, oh, this is so cool. Thong and then song. you listen to them now, and you're like, this is so yeah. dumb. Yeah, yes, definitely. So so. Yep. I think I came up with like, five pretty easy and then i kind of looked up after five i kind of just did a google search i'm like maybe i'm missing something i was able to find like three more to my short list you know and then dwindle it down from there because there was some you know if you google it there's some on there that people are just crapping on i'm like you know what i still kind of like that one yeah (laughs) and i I will say i left off like parody songs and like goofy songs like that like yeah uh, Mine are all just um, straightforward. Yeah. yeah, there's no chocolate rain on my list. There's chocolate uh, rain. No lonely Swedish. I don't know what years those came out. You know, no Tom Green stuff. Um, oh yeah, Tom yeah. Green. I was about to say right. who's doing who was on the parody game then? Because I think Weird Al was in a little bit of a you know rake yeah. break. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I didn't um, do any of those like stupid Amish online s- online yeah. sensation songs and stuff. I, I stuck with kind of mainstream music on mm-hmm. my list. So me too. Yeah. All right. Well, I could. I guess I'll just kick it off and yeah, show us how uh, it's done. You guys, good with that? All right. Yeah, love it. Uh, my number one. Uh, <laughs> well, you're starting a. I'm gonna be. Up, I'm. Or excuse me. My number five. Sorry, five, 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 five. Um, I'm gonna do this, huh? 
Yeah, it's been a little while. Yeah, I honestly, yeah. I did miss you guys. I was. <laughs> I was Hard just. To tell. I apologize. I was a little. I was a little rough. I was. I was grouchy. I'm a little grouchy yeah, yesterday. That's all right. That's okay. Um, People. My like number. That. My number five comes from the year two thousand. Yes, Conan. Um, and it is called One Night Una Noche by 98 Degrees. Mm. Um, I'm smirking as I'm like even saying that, uh, <laughs> as I'm acknowledging yeah. that I did at one point enjoy this song. And I can't say I'm maybe, not familiar. Maybe a byproduct of going to like my first college age clubs and like dancing. So, Ooh. You, know, you know what that was like, right? You know, is this coaches. Were they old Broadway? Um, no, this was down in Okaboji, um, a place called the Marquee that used to exist. I don't believe it exists anymore. Hmm. If we got listeners Sounds- down in Spirit Lake Okaboji, hit us up. Let me know if it's still in existence. I looked for it last year when I was down there, and I don't think it does. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, so lots of good times, uh, summer of 2000. Um, but now I go back to listen to it and it's just really trashy. It's really lame. Um, and yeah, I don't see myself putting it on a playlist anytime soon. <laughs> okay. Sorry, sorry, Lachey brothers, but that's 98 degrees. One night, one night. Also trying to really capitalize off that, spa- that late 90s Spanish Sounds infusion. That terrible. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know the song. I, I, I looked it up and hit number two. Really? Oh. Yeah. What well, hit me with the chorus? Give me just one night. Una noche. That's yeah. good. Because <laughs> Una noche is just one night. It's like they're repeating the same line. Oh, Thank it's you. just the same line. Okay. I like it. That was good, Nick, yeah. by the way. Thank you. I Thank you. Like that. that was good. Yeah. Who would, like, a, to, who, who yeah. would like to offer up their number five? <laughs> The... I can go. Okay. Oh, you got okay. you got you got a big hit. No, list? no, I, my, all my songs are big hits. Uh, I'll, I'll save <laughs> all the surprises. I'll go last. In your uh, city, I like it. I, I like mine crap was, on people. Uh, mine was "Bring Me to Life" by Evanescence mm-hmm. in two thousand. Oh yeah, that was big. That was a big song, and now like you hear it, and it's just so whiny. Uh. Yeah. And I was just, that the Twelve I Stones know. guy was that was that the song with him? So, I don't Twelve know. Stones. Yeah. I don't know. I thought she, I thought they were just a their band. She, I don't even remember her name. But uh, for some she, reason, I thought, it, it, I thought that was her name. Yeah, uh, Amy, Amy, Amy Lee. Yeah, Amy Lee. Amy Lee. Yeah, yeah. Evanescence. Yeah, uh, yeah. But I thought she had a guest appearance by uh, the lead singer of Twelve Stones. Can't even think of his name. Um, I, I remember she guested on the Seether song. Seether. And that's actually there. a pretty solid song. That's I like that. Yeah, I, I like that better than the Seether without her. But this is Jeremy's number yep. five. Keep going. Have an essence. <laughs> no, you're good. I don't have anything else. <laughs> can, uh, can you sing that chorus? Can you hit her notes? Oh. No, no. She does have a strong voice. But yeah, you, know, you know, it was a really big hit. Like I said, I mean, it, it was, was just, it was like probably a top five pop song in 2003, right? Yeah. And uh, I don't know, just seems really whiny. I hate whiny. You know, and I think people like were drawn to her voice. Like it was so strong. It was so different for rock hey, music. Unique. To have, you know, unique. a real almost operatic type singer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But then you hear it now after all the um, America's Got Talent and American Idol. And you've heard a million of these people belt these songs out now on television. And that like operatic style of singing like isn't... And you're- 
she's like a unique and cool kind of a weaker rock version of adele yeah right yeah yeah there's there's just been so much stronger voices since um that i think yeah it loses some of that luster over time and becomes an average rock song i'm with you it's a good choice jeremy yeah great choice i wasn't thinking that way that was either that was a good that's a hit Good call. Still shows still shows up on like some random playlists I'll have like or not playlists but like you know when you go to a station like yeah play like early two thousands but uh, I skip over it yeah I do too not, I would agree it's so it's a good choice on the list yeah. uh, trivia what movie is that from no not idea. in the MC, not in the MCU but the original Daredevil with Ben Affleck Ooh. <laughs> yeah. Break me out, yeah, yeah. That's the 12 Stones guy. Was that first part? Oh, he's the one who's like, Did you say break me out? Break yeah, me something out. like that. Something, yeah, that's him. Yeah. 12 All Stones, right. they had a good album. Give him a listen. Uh, my numeral choice, five, Jerry. uh, from Thank 2004 you. is a little ditty called Hollaback Girl by Gwen Stefani. Oh, um, mm-hmm. so. This is low on my list just because I wasn't like hugely in love with it, but like I was like, all right, it's kind of kind of catchy. Like Pharrell, Neptune's kind of they were big at that time. You kind of had to like it. I was a yeah. big Gwen Stefani guy, no doubt. Was a band I thoroughly enjoyed. Um, found her uh, very attractive. Sorry, Lacey, um, but she'd agree. Sorry, um, Lacey. Yeah, <laughs> but you know, I no love, VR goggles for this. No movie. doubt was. Uh, but then you know, as I as I as time's gone on, and like, ah, man, it's just so, I don't know. She just felt like she just was trying to cash in on that stupid attitude, and just trying to be attitude to be attitude, and to fit into the song. And it was that whole album was just kind of no, it didn't. It didn't fit with her. It didn't fit with what they were doing. She tried to be this pop star with stupid beats and. The only redeeming thing is, like, I cannot say bananas without saying B A N A N A S. I mean, that, right? That's why it's five suck. instead right. of like two, three. Still but, bananas. Like, yeah. So, yeah, that's my new <laughs> five. Um, I hate it now, but I did, was able to listen to the whole thing because uh, the beat was all right. I mean, when it came yeah. out, the beat sucked you in. And, yeah. yeah, like the Neptune's beat was pretty solid, or Pharrell, whoever did the beat, one of those two. Neptune's were nice for a while. Yeah. Yeah, they were. I like them. Yeah. Um, so you know, so though. I had I had Hey Baby by No Doubt on my short list. Yeah. yeah. But then I was like, I don't know if I ever truly liked it. I couldn't even remember. But. Yeah. Yeah, I can't say. I mean, there was most of the songs I hated, I hated and still hate. And most of the songs I liked, I still like. So this list is short for me. So I didn't. It's a really... fun. It's kind of fun, though. I yeah. think it's. All right. That's my number five. Nick, what do you got? Number four. <laughs> I got another one that's making me smirk one. as I'm going to say it because I'm embarrassed to say that I really enjoyed it when it came out. Oh, don't it is be from, a, it's like eating two pizzas, man. Don't I know. Now I'm Mr. Insecure. Yeah, like, see? A lot more listeners are going to hear this than, than the weird couple that's worried Yeah, about you didn't have to look thing. them in their faces. <laughs> Soulless Twice? faces. In an elevator, I was trapped with them. Trapped in an elevator. Much like, like this guy hour. was uh, oh, prior no. to him being trapped in the closet. Um, it was R. Kelly in 2003 uh, had a hit song called Thoya Thoying. <laughs> Thoya. <laughs> okay. All right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, very, a lot of uh, Asian sentiments there. And uh, yeah, I was still in college and I still liked uh, going out and enjoying a uh, club scene, if you will. The um, club. 
the club. I, this is before he really fell on hard times <laughs> caused by himself. Yeah, hard to like him, uh, hard to like Hard him. times, maybe hard times. <laughs> uh, and I really dug it. And now I, I can't even really, maybe it's because of R. Kelly, I can't really listen to much of his music anymore and take it very seriously at all. Um, and then you listen to this stuff. Bump and grind is just, hard to listen to for sure. Yeah, yeah. And those songs actually had like a little a little bit of maturity to them. And then you got trash like this that was just like stupid, just really dumb lyrically. And yeah. So um, that's my number four, Thoya Thoing, uh, from the 2003 Greatest Hits Collection, the R and the R and B, I think it was called. By, uh, <laughs> oh, that's. I, I even bought the CD. I liked it Whoa, that much. And okay. It was the Greatest Hits Collection, though, so it's a good investment. <laughs> I do own all these albums except for uh, Gwen Stefani, so on my list as well. I, I, uh, well, I, <laughs> three of five. <laughs> okay. Still in a CD box somewhere. All right, J-Bone. Uh, so my number four is uh, Crawling by Linkin Park. Um, mm. And uh, well, that, again, could be, that could upset some people. You know, I love I the band. I still like it. I, you know, but like, again, it's just like one of those songs you go back to listen. It used to be a hot jam, I thought. But like, Again, it's so like so whiny. Uh, crawling in my skin. It's about domestic like, abuse, Jeremy. I don't think it's that was good, man. Casey, you got a mute no, here, so we're not paying out of the wazoo for Chester oh. Bennington ripoffs. <laughs> yeah. to the same, estate same of Chester. Sure. Yeah. yeah, that was sounds good. Like, that sounds was like good. a bird got choked. I mean, it's just. Yeah. There's like, but you know what, bro? There's like rabid Lincoln Park fans still. I I like I like a lot of Lincoln Park still, even their even their newer stuff. Yeah, I I prefer their older stuff. It was a little more unique. I thought Hybrid Theory. Well, I thought Meteor was their best album, but Meteor was solid. They both were pretty solid, but that's where I put them. I I never was like the Ram rabid fan i remember you guys remember when meteora came out that was like a huge deal um there's a lot of people has a big midnight cd drops and all that stuff when i was still going on yeah nice thing, I'm, that I'm, one at midnight that was a big deal for me and i guess i mean the the, the techno infusion was pretty I mean, pretty well done is what i'll say it wasn't super new because other like nine inch nails have been doing that forever but uh, you know they did it pretty well yeah, I felt like of all the rap rock bands that came out in that time, they integrated it the most seamlessly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Be interesting to kind of dig into like why they were successful or as successful as they were, because you're right. There was like yeah, a few a few other bands that tried doing that. Just didn't yet. I mean, Jeremy doesn't like his voice, but Chester Bennington had a unique voice. I mean hard yeah, to reproduce. Did, Nobody yeah, else could probably guy? sing those who- songs. And who's the other vocalist? Mike Shinoda. They, Mike Shinoda, yeah. Right. And he had more of like the hip hop type yeah, approach. Right. So, yeah. And then like his he did his solo stuff later, which was very generic rap. They did the uh they did the mashup around, I think that was with Meteora too, with Jay-Z. Yeah, that was they with the black album. Pretty, yeah, they had some pretty sweet mashups in that. Yeah, that I know a lot cool. of people that love that album. That was cool. That was cool. I, yeah. I was one of them. I just didn't like that song. I'm sorry. That's okay. Yeah. 
No, no, you grew out of it. I hear no. you. I, it's yeah. another one. Like, actually, there's a probably half a dozen of their songs. Same thing. It comes on, comes on a station or something. And I'm like, yeah, ah, kind of just yeah. to me. Yeah, I just I'll skip it. Yeah, I forget what the one before that single that song I kind of skip now, and I thought that song was like cool as hell when it first came out. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's just anymore. Maybe it's because it's never fully left like the rock station zeitgeist either. It's just yeah. never had a chance to go away for a while. Mm-hmm. All right, case. All right, this uh, is my worst band on my list. I would say there was a time in the late '90s, early 2000s where I was a fan of this band. I've probably mostly fallen out of favor, but I still listen to it. Uh, <laughs> this comes from the year 2000. Uh, mm-hmm. It is uh, from the Insane Clown Posse, uh, a oh, song man. called "Let's Go All the Way." Uh, this is a Sly Stone cover, I think. Um, oh. And when it first came out, I was like, "This is sweet beat, like kind of cool sound." Maybe they're maturing; they're growing with me. <laughs> um, I didn't realize it was a cover. I've listened to the cover since, and like the actual songs like a million times better (laughs) like somehow they made a 70s synth song actually sound crappier um and they you know they added their stupid icp flair to the song uh to bring it to modern times and it's so corny everything they did was corny correct which was okay because they knew they were corny and they knew where they were dumb but when they tried to do it to like a cover a song that's like kind of serious and felt like they were trying to be serious it's just ruined it for me now. I can't, I couldn't listen to it. I made about 30 seconds in when I was like doing my research. I was like, Oof. hot garbage, hot garbage. And there was, a, and there was a time, there was a time you were a juggalo. Just uh, not a juggalo. I had some Jinko <laughs> jeans. Those are cool. Um, yeah, I had pants. I had like a shiny shirt with a yeah. dragon on it for a while. Um, <laughs> I did too. I had silver. Oh. Cool. Yeah. Uh, no, but I was know, an I, ICP guy. I liked them for the fun. Uh, like the Great Malenko, I think, is a fun album. The, the songs are goofy. They're funny. Um, there's still some pretty good, decent beats on them. They they kind of did a rock, rock rap thing, too. Um, it was yeah. a little more unique at the time. So and it, the Great Malenko holds a spot with me, but the rest of it's just absolute garbage. And this song is of the worst of the worst. I just never never got into ICP. There was too much of a gimmick. Band. Weirdos. Yeah. yeah bunch of weirdos. I, I funny for a while. Funny story. Uh, we talked incentives just today at work, right? Yep. And and at Midwest Bank, their incentive program is referred to as their ICP. <laughs> mm. And every time Michelle can't say ICP without me like smirking <laughs> at her. <laughs> I'm like, you're just a juggalo. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. They, they have some fun songs. Their Halloween songs are always fun. They do like one every year. If you say so, bro. Yeah, give them, give them a hit. Give them a listen. You might not hate them as yeah, much. As they, you. I think I will. <laughs> um, but kudos to you for uh, growing out of them. Yeah, you're for a sure. big boy. You are Good a big work. strong boy. You I'll are still, I'll still listen to the boy. Great Malenko. Go for it. You, you do you. Um, Play those the background to this whole podcast. I'll gladly pay the thousand dollars or whatever it's going to cost me. Oh man. Um, my number three, um, and now we're venturing into some stuff that you could say at one point, you know, kind of felt right. It is from 2002 and it is a collaboration that felt really from the heart and, uh, you know, kind of fun. 
It was by Nellie and Kelly Rowland. It was Dilemma. <laughs> and um, now I listen to it and I can't finish it. I'm like, this song is not very good at all. Uh, can't figure out why I really liked it at the first place. Try to go back in my frame of mind 20 years ago now, which is wild. Nellieville guys came out 20 years ago. Air Force Ones. Yeah. Stomping in them. But now, you know, <laughs> Kelly's voice was good. I think she... You know, had Beyonce not taken off like a rocket ship, Kelly might have had a better career, but I think she just got forgotten about in the aftermath. However, this song is kind of, I don't know, lyrically weak, silly at <laughs> times. You talk about, you know, my boo. This yeah, one, this is the even when I'm with my boo. That's the song. You know, I'm crazy over you. You know, okay. and the message about like just, you know, cheating's okay ah. because I'm really with you. You know, I don't know. Um, doesn't hold up to me. Changed a lot over 20 years. So <laughs> sorry, Nelly um, and Kelly. Nelly and Kelly. Nelly and uh, Kelly. The Nelly and Kelly show. But Dilemma is no longer a hit to me. It's no longer a banger in my in my mind. So um, that's <laughs> use it on number three on my my list. <laughs> uh, Good call. Yeah. That was a huge song. Uh, yeah, Kelly. Uh, she was. Uh, she's good. Yeah, she was good. She was good. A little, little crush but, on her. She was like, great in uh, Freddy versus Jason. Great. Well, <laughs> now we're kind of exaggerating, I think. Yeah, she's um, probably the worst part of that movie. Yeah, she. Yeah, she <laughs> like when she starts bad mouthing him, and she's like, "Yeah, you just fool, Freddy." It's <laughs> yeah. like, oh god. Oh yeah, she's um, too stereotypical. I never yeah. saw it. It's yeah. a good show. It's a good movie, Jeremy. Too scary. Too scary. <laughs> probably. <laughs> There's some Jeez, scary please. moments. Hey, we're only a month away from some scary movie lists coming. We up. can finally do it again. Let's do told top, us. top Halloween candies. <laughs> top top Halloween songs. Candies. We'll have to do like one of those PT Treats. Shop Talk movie watches where we just do a Facebook Live where all three of us watch a scary movie. <laughs> oh, that'd be fun. Like a watch along. Yeah. yeah. Just watch Jeremy's face. Yeah. <laughs> well, to, that would be kind of silly. Silly. Okay, Jabo. So, uh, Gary. This is my first uh, Nelly on the list. Uh, wow. <laughs> it is hot in her. So hot. You know, like, it's such a great song when it came out, but you just, it's yeah. getting hot in here. So her. take your clothes her. off. I am getting so hot. I'm going to take my clothes off. Getting you just... <laughs> Take off all your clothes. I so, am getting so hot. So, yeah, it just Does he even rap in that song? song? I don't remember anymore. I don't think I so. Yeah, I can't remember. I just think of the chorus, if I'm going to be honest. That's all I remember. That's all I remember. I, I didn't really listen to it either, but I'm like, what a stupid song. Um, and I used to like it. Um, so... Ergo, it's on my list. Yeah, uh, good, good call. Good Same choice. album. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Probably yeah, went triple choice. platinum. So. I think he, he he burned through all of his musical equity on, his, on the first album. Country Grammar. Yeah. Uh, you know, but they were all hits, though. Nellyville had, like, like, number one was on there, too. That was a big hit. Oh, he's printing number, money uh, for a while. Uh, Two uh, is not one. a winner. And three, nobody remembers. Yeah, I'm number true. one. Yep. Hey, number hey, one. hey, 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 hey. 
There's one more song on there that I'm forgetting, but oh, yeah, maybe it'll come to me later. But he had some some hits, but again, they've had, they haven't aged well. You know, no, poor, they poor Nelly. Poor Nelly. He's down. He's like doing the country music circuit tour thing. I mean, he's kind of he's he's in casinos with FGL. What's yeah. left of FGL? Oh, yeah. <laughs> good, good one. Show. That's a good uh... one. So we both had we both had Nelly at number three. Oh, good yeah. for us. <laughs> I do not have Nelly at number three, but I do have a rapper at okay. number three. Yes. Let's go. He's from 2004, it's a little ditty called Just Lose It by Eminem. Um, oh, yeah. This song. So in 2004, Eminem, for me, could do no wrong. I thought he was the greatest rapper in the world. Um, everything he did was gold. Every song he did was great. This song came out. And I was like, oh, I don't know. I guess it's okay, right? It's kind of that first goofy single like he had on every album. And man, now when I go back and listen to it again, I can't finish it. He does a lot of accent, very freshman humor. Yeah. Um, switches his style up about 30 times in the song. It's just an absolute mess. There's really nothing redeeming about it. The chorus is terrible. He tries singing a little bit. He tries, like mm. I said, three or four different accents. It's just horrible. Nothing's funny in the song. He doesn't paint a good picture on anything. Mm-hmm. It's really easy, low-hanging fruit that he picks at the whole time. And it's just, ugh, ugh. Yeah. And it, the reference is that he's beating, like he's going after boy bands still, right? Well, he's he? going after like Michael Jackson and and the stuff was um, like, eight, yeah, Westers, it's like, but it was all he's already just, he already did it twice before, you know. Yeah, and he rehashes a bunch of pieces of a, a bunch of his little songs and talks about Eight Mile, like can't talk about your own movies and albums in your same song and re-quote Casey, them and act like you're Casey rapping is again. Disgusted. He's, I he's am. disgusted. He's disgusted. Uh, himself. That whole album kind of sucked, if I'm going to be honest. Um, but you like but you kind of liked it to begin with? Yeah, like I said, I he was I was riding <laughs> so high on Eminem that like I thought I had to like it, you know. Like I was like and and people liked it, like it was pretty popular. I mean, it's not like it was universally crapped on when it came out, but I think mm-hmm. you go back now, and other than relapse, um, this that song would have this song would have fit perfectly on relapse. Um, but there's a couple yeah. other terrible songs on encore too. There's some good songs on there, but it's that's such a poor a, album. Such a poor follow up to um, the Eminem show. Yeah, right. I mean, when you think about, I just said Nellyville was a, was a, a rough follow up, but when you put it in context, like Eminem going from the Eminem show to encore and it's like the only song i really still like on encore is mosh it's probably the only one that i still kind of get into and, and i think it's just his energy that carries that one through and it's pretty straightforward it's not it's like there's not as many tonal shifts like you're talking about and he's not trying, trying to cram so much in there he's just letting out like frustration on the war in iraq you know and stuff like that that was going on at the time um yeah but yeah what is i was excited for that album i'm like like I went on bought it right away thinking mm-hmm. like, I'm just going to bait. He's got enough equity with me. There's going to be stuff on here. And it was like one of those moments where it's in the CD player in your car. You know, remember back in those days, you drive around for a while, you know, and you just be like, it's going to grow on me. And, yeah, and you're like, God, Harvey and back. I'm ready to just take it out. And where's my Lloyd bank CD. I'm going to trust Lloyd. <laughs> uh, Mockingbird yeah. was good on that. That was a really good song. I, do you think I might and, have to and like to, like toy soldiers? See, I I don't I don't not a big fan of either of those. But I, I could go. Those... I, no, I just don't. 
And you, I you, thought those two kind of rehash stuff he had did before too. Like, and they yeah. were just, I thought they were too easy too. you know, he'd done <laughs> plenty of stuff with his daughter and songs with his daughter. So it's not bad. Those songs I'll listen to, but that's about the only thing I'll listen to on that album. And the rest of it literally yeah. can't listen to like, yeah, good call. That there's better songs out there. It's just, they're that bad from a guy. I love a lot of his stuff. Mm-hmm. So yep. my numero yep. three. Yep, good call, man. That's pretty good. Um, my number two, it had to be on here. Uh, we referenced it a few weeks back from the year 2000. Again, God, 2000 just hasn't aged well, has it? No. Why do we're, we're gonna keep rolling, 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 rolling. What? Yeah, <laughs> Limp Biscuit rolling. Uh, now here. I know y'all be loving this. <laughs> right here. <laughs> Play the effing track. Play the effing track. No, which, version, which version are you talking? Urban Assault? Um, not the, air raid. what was it, the urban, uh, urban Air Raid vehicle or whatever? Um, <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, it's just whatever yeah. the original was. And, um, you know, when oh, that came air. out, it was such a big hit. And again, oh, they were living raid. off, they were kind of living off that equity of the previous album, like Significant Others. So everything was like really hitting and it felt right at the time. And now mm. you go back, you're like, what a stupid song. And and Fred Durst just as a writer had very <laughs> had a, I'll just say he had a lot more misses than hits. You know? <laughs> and, too kind. <laughs> and I think and I yeah, the only thing as I'm going through this and rehashing, I have great <clears throat> memories of like partying with this song. It was like again coming in college and having a great time. It was like a post-football party song, especially if we won. Um but, but. It makes me want to go watch that Woodstock '99 documentary that everybody's buzzing about on on uh, yeah on Netflix though. Yeah, heard it's awesome. Yeah. So that's my number two roll-in um, urban air raid vehicle. Uh, yeah, whatever the rock yeah. version of that song is. The rock is, one was better. Yeah. No, I think that's shittier to me. <laughs> like the DMX uh, Method oh, Man like, version. I think that's oh, a little. There's something redeeming to that because at least those guys are on it. That had to be a. That had to be a remix. It did, it wasn't the rock one had the whole intro where he's got to like say the album name, which was just so stupid, anyways. Say it. Chocolate dogfish <laughs> and the hot dog flavor of water. <laughs> Baby. Yeah. Keep on rolling. Yeah. Uh, but, most people think yeah. the rock version's the original version, but actually the rap version's the original version. Is it really? Is it? Version. Was done afterwards. Yeah. You know oh, you way know. too much about Limp Biscuit. Wait till you hear what my number two is, Jeremy. <laughs> Ooh. Oh. Uh, <laughs> you'll know why. My, so <laughs> my number two, it's my second Nelly on the list. However, not the Nelly you're thinking of. This is uh, Nelly Furtado. Oh. I'm, I'm like a bird. I'll always guilty, fly away. Guilty pleasure. That was yeah. a good jam back in the day. Um, you know, I would hum along to it. I wouldn't turn it. Oh, I I might even I might even turn it up a little bit. Yeah, uh, like, if it know. came on right after Natalie and Brulia, man, that was a good one-two banger. <laughs> so, uh, Horn, fly uh away. yeah, it's probably. It, I don't know why it, it lost its luster. I don't know if uh, just societal pressures got to me over time to like be like, and you can't like this song. You just need uh, to fly away. It's bro. just it's just yeah. not the same. So, hammer out two pizzas. She doesn't know where she's from. Man. No, no, no. That's no way she's 
I still yeah. like that song. I Jeremy. still like. It's <laughs> <laughs> not sour on me. <laughs> like she, Nelly Furtado was nice. Yeah, that's a great song. She had a couple of weird. She was such a was. like hybrid. I don't like, like her like, new stuff. Like, is like super pop rap. That's weird to me. I like the folksy, the like folk that. pop rap. Yeah. yeah, the folky pop rap. Promiscuous um, yeah. girl didn't didn't do it for you. That was okay. Nope. I, I didn't mind. <laughs> nope. That. Timbaland. Said, nope. I was happy for her when she kind of like because that broke her much bigger and more much broader. So I was like, good for you. You know, you're out. You're out there. She kind of been in that fringe for a while. All right. All right. You know what? Yeah. You're entitled to grow out of it. I, Casey and I still have a place in our heart for. Her. I can't <laughs> allow it, Jeremy. You need. I need you to listen to it quite a bit tonight. I'm like a bird. I'm always <laughs> on the way. way. I don't know where, I don't I'm, know where I'm going. Yeah, it's so good. I don't know where my phone it. is. I don't Did know. Okay. Those are the words. Can I ask it? Can I hater. ask a more personally related question? Did you have a girlfriend at the time who really liked it? No, I didn't. No, no, no. You I just like a... I just like good music, man. Yeah. Yeah. I was I was drawn to it by a kind of a a flame slightly, slightly hippie-ish girl that really dug Nelly Furtado and I'm like okay well I listen to this music too. yeah yeah uh, I'll, I'll I'm super like deep too. I had always such a badass but uh, afterwards we should listen to this new R Kelly song yeah you were like you know it's totally done we listen like, to that while I get my tips frosted the worst yeah no I was done <laughs> frosting by that point she was just braiding a bracelet on your wrist with some hemp. <laughs> Not, not, not on bed. my wrist already, but yeah. <laughs> whatever. <laughs> you know, I am really regretting that I tell this story because Michelle listens to this podcast and she's <laughs> like, where's that? Because this was pre, we didn't meet till a year later. I believe the song went 2001, right, Jeremy? Yeah. Mr. Producer, yeah. Yeah. So my math is right. Um, she's still going to want to know. So what the hell are you talking about? Yep. Do you Sorry. think she's just gonna play that song now around the house all the time? She's gonna hate that song. That's a stupid song. <laughs> she should. She should. Just Alexa, remove that from our library permanently. I hate it. Delete it I, forever. I hate it. Who was she? Delete it from the interweb. Snap now. my freaking throat with a pen while I sleep. That's love. I bet I bet I that gets played. That, that gets played at PPS for sure. All right, we'll have to oh. do it. <laughs> Could you imagine if they have karaoke? Ooh. What? <laughs> be a good one. Yeah. Rolling, 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 rolling. <laughs> oh, we could do this whole list. All right. I like right. that. My Wait, number two, already been said, Rolling by Limp Biscuit. Right. Oh, shit. Holy also crap, at number two. Yeah. Terrible. Oh, my God. <laughs> and I was like, you, Nick, like, yeah, it came out and you're like, okay, yeah, I get it. It's. You know, it's uh, not too far off from break stuff, right? Like heavy beat, repetitive. Um, but yeah, you start listening to it and it's like, uh, I heard somebody once describe it as like a new metal hokey pokey. Like, move mm. in, move out, hands up, no hands down. Hands and the video back was up, gar- Back up, tell yeah. me what you want to do now. <laughs> right, it's the hokey pokey. Um, and the music video was dumb. They like choreographed <laughs> dance moves with it and like made it like yeah. a thing and- it was just the beginning of the end and it like and it kind of sucked because it came out 
my way or the highway uh they drop those singles at the same time that, i'll say that i'll go to that's so good that's that's such shit. a much better song much better like, so good jam to release these two at the same time um so it makes me hate it even more because it maybe it was my my generation is maybe what they my generation and later on they released my way like half a year later yeah. yeah so maybe it was my generation also way better song than rolling um so yeah, it's just and it sucked and like they had the audacity again to make a terrible song and release two versions of it. Like it was the hottest shit ever. Yeah. Like, oh, you guys, you're not going to get. But they were big. Song. They were though. That's what's so wild. And then it was pretty People much. But this them. pretty much killed them. I mean, they. Oh yeah. They had behind blue eyes a couple of years later, but wasn't anywhere near as successful, and they were just done at that point. Yeah, I think once people once jam, the too, once the shine came off of this song, I think it really revealed how shitty they were. They were done. <laughs> Yeah, they were. Yeah. Yeah. And then he, yeah. And he kind of buried his own grave deeper because, okay. The album that had behind blue eyes on it. Mm, results came out may vary. Yes. Results may vary. He, they had a song in a video where he was basically a rapist. Yep. From the first uh, panty slipper. Yes. Panty. Sn- was that the name, the actual name? I thought he renamed it. Yeah. Eat you alive. Um, yes. That's what it was. What- Eat you alive. That's what they called on the radio, but I believe on the album was called. He named, yeah, he originally wanted to name it and release it as Panty Snipper. And it's like, dude, weird. Like, you're promoting like rape and stalking and stuff. And it was like, let's just, not only that, but the record company, everybody was like, let's go along with it. That sounds great. You know? I will say that song's kind of a guilty pleasure song for me. <laughs> okay. Uh, moving on. <laughs> not so much the rape part of it, but like yeah, I, the way he screams stuff. on that, like the way he screams on that song is actually kind of cool. Like he did some cool stuff on that song, but yeah, the content could have been better. I'll put it like if it had been less rapey. Yeah. A hundred percent. Like, yeah, there could have been something better there. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I think you could have adjusted it a little bit to make it a really good song because I think uh, there's there's a lot of redeeming value in that song without the content. But. Okay, all right. If you basically just take away all the content of the song, it was really good. <laughs> yeah, strip it all down. Pretend he's just screaming the whole time and mumbling. Uh, well, that's cool. This was been this has been a fun list, guys. We're on to our number ones. Uh, we've got one, a lot one, of laughs. One, one, one. Uh, <laughs> you know, no surprise. Without further ado, it is the Thong Song by Cisco. Oh, it is. Right. Um, going back to th- again the year two thousand, so that <laughs> makes three of my five all from that year. And um, I, I even left- you, Nick, unleash the dragon doling. I got it wrong, huh? Yeah. Um, obviously, it felt fun at the time um you know uh another song that was very ubiquitous in a club and and living through it again uh, at an at an adult club it did bring out the the thongs you know um that was the look if you guys remember like hike them up oh whale tails whale tail oh i that's a new expression to me i almost feel ignorant it's called a whale tail yeah, right. Does Dole it go show the pants? It looks like a whale's tail. I was just, you know what? I was a farm boy from North Dakota. Oh, you were too <laughs> into that hippie lifestyle back then, huh? I was just, yeah. Was... The, the gals you were with didn't wear underwear. I get it. <laughs> but, okay. Cisco, yeah. <laughs> Cisco. <laughs> Silver hair. Uh, 
<laughs> yeah, love the way the booty goes. Yeah, like the way the good. booty goes. Yeah. I gotta um, say I don't I, I don't hate it anymore. I still... <laughs> it's kind of what I if I'm ever crapping all over like music I hear today, and if I can think of this and be intellectually honest, I think back to like, but but we had the thong song when I came out of college. It wasn't like we were living through an era of nonstop brilliance in music and no everything. horrible lyrics. Like yeah. a lot of a lot of the stuff out there is trash. And it, and you can it just, just has a catchy funny beat. when you say that. I wonder if people from like the sixties and seventies have a thong song where they're like, "I want to hold your hey. hand." Hey, <laughs> I want to hold your hand. That shit was. I want to see that thought. <laughs> okay, I like that. Yeah, I guess. Okay, I said when you put it that way. Uh, Thank you, John. Like, hold your hand less now. I want to see your thought. Eight days a week. <laughs> what the Beatles were? They were kings of music, you guys. They were. All right. So I don't know. I don't have much else I can add. <laughs> Is there that why go. you had the dragon shirt? No, I had the dragon shirt before. Oh, Late okay. 90s model. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Cool. It's probably around when I had mine as well. I probably got it at Gadzooks. I, I might have bought mine at the Buckle in, in like Grand Forks so far ago. Mm-hmm. 18% high off. High end. That was way nicer than Gadzooks for sure. I had like a leather bracelet. Can't with Puga, it. Puga shell and- necklace. <laughs> They were nice. Then those the tips, shinier, I'm telling the you, better. 99, uh, those tips were frosted, Jeremy. I believe that. I do. Back in 99, I had long flowing hair. Just how times have changed. Man, time, <laughs> we, can't ever, we can never go back, boys. We can't. Right. Um, my, my number one, uh, the second R. Kelly sighting on the list. Um. It is 2002, the remix to Ignition. Mm. Um, that hurts too, because I still like a good it. song. Love it. Fresh out the kitchen. kitchen. Rolling Mama rolling the body, got yeah. every man in the room. We roll in, I'll do I'm like, so what? I'm drunk. It's the freaking weekend, baby. I'm about to have me some fun. You know, that used to be, yeah, it was a jam. But, you know, I I think it's just like, again, like all of, I I feel like a bad person listening to any R. Kelly music. Right. Period. (laughs) It's just like, you know, like when you realize he's probably singing about a 12-year-old kid. Yeah. Or piano. One or the other. Yeah. While he's recording. So, yeah, that, yeah, 2002, 2003, that was a jam. Made it on plenty of burnt CDs, yeah. but uh, not anymore. R. Kelly's came and went. He's, yeah, and like him being to me. like wildly convicted and guilty of it definitely doesn't help. Like yeah, I can do Michael Jackson still. Like <laughs> yeah, I, I can kind of separate that. I mean, there's probably some shady ass stuff he did in the background, but like there's no like it hasn't been proven, right? Definitive yeah. evidence, so I can kind of move beyond that. But he didn't record himself. Isn't isn't Macaulay? Isn't Macaulay Culkin like proof enough? Like, uh, does Macaulay uh, even say that he was like a victim though? Does he? I don't know. 
He yeah. just seems like he went off the deep end. He's, he seems like he had some trauma. Yeah. But yeah, you're but right. I mean, it's, had a it lot is... of trauma besides. And, and, and when you're like, hey, come to the Neverland Ranch and be boys forever. Yeah, he never had a problems. childhood, Jeremy. He have, just wanted have, to live a childhood. Oh man, have have some fentanyl. This is well, going to be great. You know, Casey, we can't live in a world where multiple people are weird. <laughs> we're just hell. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. You're, you know, I don't know. Just you, you can't. It's me. hard. It is hard. It's hard when you go back. Anything that he did. Yeah. You know. It's like you're like, man, I can't hard time removing my like him from like how I feel about that song. Yeah. Because yeah. I'm gonna be real, I'm gonna be real. I truly enjoyed that that uh crossover album he did with, with Jay-Z, the best of both worlds. That was really good. I really yeah. like that a lot. Top to bottom almost. Do I ever listen you- to anything? No. It's just like I feel wrong listening to R. Kelly. Who's that, Dad? That's, <laughs> that's R. R. Kelly. That's Robert Kelly. Wasn't, you. <laughs> wasn't he? Wasn't he a real bad man? Is he yeah. still in prison too? I mean, as a footnote to this thing, I think he just prison? got like a bunch of new stuff came out on him that's not good. Like, yeah. getting into even more trouble. It's kind of like well, it's the same. It's the Bill Cosby effect too, right? I mean, yeah. it's hard to go back. Like, as I grew up with Cosby Show. I mm-hmm. thought I thought Dr. Huxtable was awesome. And you, I can't go back and watch the show. It is hard. Yeah, there's a band I used to really like called Lost Prophets, and their lead singer did some real bad stuff. And yeah, I can't listen to him. Oh, they did, huh? He's currently he's currently in a federal child porn trial. Gosh. Yeah, they were recording everything and yeah, he was doing bad stuff. Yeah. Bad dude. Yeah. Yeah, if you like Lost Prophets. Lost Prophets, go look at their lead singer. He he is a real bad man. So yeah, I'll look that yeah. up. Because I, I remember not those even guys worth talking about. If I'm gonna be okay, honest, we'll so. leave it off. We'll, we'll, well, let's stop talking dirty, about dirty. It. Who's your number one, Casey? Because from one, the one, year one, 2000, one. maybe the worst <laughs> song of the 2000s. Now that I've gone back and grown and listened to it, it is a song. I own the album. I listened to the song thousands of times. Uh I thought it was deep. I thought it was cool. Uh, I thought it was where music was heading. It's a little ditty called Butterfly by a band named Crazy Town. Holy crap. If you go back and listen Good to this song, come, my lady, come, come, my lady. Everything you're, that's wrong you're my butterfly, sugar, with baby. rock music at that time period. <laughs> and it like <laughs> catered to the like American uh, Eagle crowd, like so talking bad. about this girl that is just the classic girl you'd see at the mall, and yeah, come my lady, you know. <laughs> um, it's all of it's so terrible. There's That's so bad. The only good part about it is like the beat, which they stole from the Chili Peppers. So it's like, uh, yeah, it's a horrible song. Oh my god! The only, the only thing I can listen to it. Yeah. The only thing I can say is I never liked it. I, that, I was like, yeah, right. That played in nope. the that played in the nope. buckle, didn't it? Nope. Nope. <laughs> nope. 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 I never liked it, Jeremy. Yeah, I, I thought this song was great it was too soft. It was like I didn't I didn't feel like they ever knew what they wanted to be. And thank God they didn't have any other hits. I mean, really. I, what was I that like dude? That what was that dude's name too? Because I think his look is what drew like <laughs> chicks loved it, and they were always like, oh, he's so hot. Oh yeah, he had, he was an Abercrombie model look yeah. to him, right? Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, that. Oof. Yeah. Anyways, if you, if you forgot about that one, go ahead and give her a listen. You won't make it very far. It is you a know, baddie. It's a, baddie. It's a crap song. You're yep. 100% right. Yeah. But it was popular. Yeah. It was uh, every bonfire I ever went to. I had to play that sucker about 10 times. So, so uh, yikes. Yeah. No, that sucked. Um, good <laughs> list. Yeah, that guy had lots of puka <laughs> shell necklaces. He did. Yeah. <laughs> Don't move us together, Casey. <laughs> Sorry, we are we are not the same. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, bad, bad, good stuff. People. That was fun. We, <laughs> I think we, I think, I think we found some good laughter there, some good fun at the end. Yeah, hopefully it was uh, enjoyable to the listeners. I'm, I'm a whole bunch. I am biased towards fun. I can say can, that, Jeremy. Hopefully. All your songs are still hits. By the way, <laughs> <laughs> soured on any of those. That's, uh, that's there, why I'm here. If you're out there listening, you know, you should comment in, put in one of yours, something we missed. Is there one that we missed from 2000, 2004 that's just like so hot at that time, but not anymore? Now yeah. it's not. Feel free to comment on our Facebook page when we post this video up or email us at, at ptshoptalk at gmail.com. Uh, when I get this on YouTube, you can comment as well and we'll. We'll chuckle about those. If somebody comes up with something awesome, we'll probably talk about it next time. But that's the end of episode 33. Thanks, everybody, for listening. As always, I'm Casey Hansen, and with me is Jeremy Van Klomberg and Nicholas Doling. Till next time, see you, everybody. <laughs>